We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. All right, Matthew chapter 1. You guys ready for Christmas? Who has shopping to do still? Everybody has shopping to do, right? Um, but as we go through this section, I was, shared, I was uh, asked to share a Christmas message, and I hope this goes you know, smoothly. Like I mentioned before, you know, God has a plan, and nothing's going to get in the way um, from that plan. Uh, and he had a plan back then to save us from our sins. Amen to that, right? Uh, nothing was going to prevent his plan. Uh, the love of God was not going to be stopped. Um, as we read and read this and see that the Lord, um, you know, steps in and gives warnings to people in this section here, gives direction to people and guides them and leads them in every way. Uh, God continues to do that today. Uh, we just have to be ready to listen and to move as he tells us to. Um, this section gives us the, the story and birth of Jesus Christ through the, through the eyes of Joseph and his experiences. The Lord clearly leads and guides him clearly for his protection um, and but the protection of a God's big plan to save the world from sin, to give the world an answer to their problems, to give the world an answer to their needs. And whatever we are going through today and whatever you might need, the answer is all the same, right? What's the answer? Jesus, Jesus. Uh, let's read. Uh, we're going to start in verse 18 of chapter 1, and we're going to cover the, the rest of that chapter. So everyone there, verse 18? All right. Verse 18 through 21, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. To take Mary to you, um, sorry, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. From their sins. You know, the first part of this chapter goes over the genealogy of Jesus Christ, um, you know, all the, the, um, the people there. I didn't want you guys to laugh at me by mispronouncing all the names, so. I skipped that section. Um, but verse 18 uh, gets to the climax of the story, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ and how, again, the Lord has a plan, you know, from beginning to end. Uh, mentions, uh, verse 18, 18 gets to the climax, mentions the, the parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It says that, they, that she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of Luke goes over this promise uh, to Mary of how she was going to be God's chosen vessel. Uh, to bring his son into this world. Uh, many, many people have trouble believing in the virgin birth. Uh, the Bible confirms that it was so, right? You guys believe in the virgin birth? The Bible says so. That's, that should answer the question right there, right? The Bible says so. Um, I'm not sure how people can accept, you know, all other miracles that are, that are um, brought forth in the Bible, uh, but not accept this one, you know, the virgin birth. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You guys know that verse? God created the heavens and the earth, and it's somewhat strange that, that people can accept that at face value, but not other miracles in the Bible. 
You know, if God can speak the whole universe into existence, he possesses the power to allow a virgin to conceive a child. You know, other verses that speak of his limit, limitless power, you know, Luke one thirty seven, for nothing is impossible with God. Uh, Jeremiah thirty two twenty seven says, Behold, I am the Lord, God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? You know, and just looking at our section here, you know, and, and the dynamics behind it, you know, give proof to that being true as well. You know, the culture and Jewish law back then uh, was very, you know, stringent and, and looked at marriage and, and virginity uh, differently than we do today, very differently than we do today. Uh, the fact that Joseph took Mary for his wife, um, for a wife, as we will see, confirms that it was a work of God and not man. You know, Joseph could have easily said, you know, you know, I'm out of here, you know, see you later, you know, forget it. But he didn't, he didn't, he chose to be led by the Lord. You know, relationships back then were divided up into three stages, um, you know, engagement, uh, betrothal, and then marriage. Betrothal, am I saying that right? Betrothal? I don't know. Kind of weird. The engagement period involved uh, the parents of the two children, you know, where the couple was arranged uh, to be in a future relationship. You know, you guys think that's cool? If you're younger, probably not. Nah, it's not cool. You know, uh, imagine that today, though. You know, parents from the nursery, you know, hooking up there. They're like, hey, you know, uh, let's see what happens. Um, but, you know, I know some of the parents, you know, do that kind of messing around, you know. Um, but I can see some of the, you know, securities behind it. You know, wanting to to protect your child, you know, just wanting the best for your child, protecting them. Keeping them, keeping them within the faith, right? Um, within the family believers. You guys want to start up a ministry for that? Setting up little kids? Nah. But uh, that was the first stage, you know, the engagement. Then came the, the betrothal as Mary and Joseph were at right now. This made the, the previous engagement official, you know, and binding. You know, during the betrothal, that couple was known as husband and wife. And this betrothal could only be broken um, by divorce. Uh, they promised to be set apart for each other until marriage, uh, more or less, you know, what we call engagement today. You know, it was a promised period. During the betrothal period, if anyone messed around with anyone else, you know, cheated on them, it was considered adultery by law. Uh, most background information said that the betrothal period lasted about a year or so. You know, and finally, the, then the, the marriage took place, you know, at this time. When Mary was found with child, they were in the betrothal period, like I mentioned, you know, before they came together. You see that in verse 18? It says, before they came together. Yeah, so so imagine being Joseph. Um, you know, he had separated himself to be in, in no other relationship, promised himself to marry. Um, they would customarily have witnesses to their betrothal. Um, they're promised uh, to be engaged, I guess, together. You know, he finds out that she's pregnant. She's with child. You know, kind of kind of weird situation, right? Not sure what would be going on through his mind. You know, confusion, maybe a little anger, right, guys? Um, back then, they were normally younger than they, when they got into relationships like this. Mary tells him that she's pregnant, um, but not pregnant by man, but um, by the Holy Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit came upon her, and she's with child. Again, you know, imagine Joseph. He probably thought she was crazy, right? Uh, kind of weird. You know, um, you're telling me first, that, first of all, that you're pregnant, but also you're telling me that, that God's the Father. God's the Father. 
you know, according to the law back then, uh, of course, it was illegal to be pregnant before, um, before you were married. And Joseph had the biblical right to hold Mary accountable for her actions. The law said that Mary, you guys know what would happen if they were caught like this? They would be stoned, right? They would be stoned for death for her actions. Deuteronomy 22, uh, 23 through 24, it says, If a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband, and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then he shall bring them out, both out, to the gate of the city, and he shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out in the city, and the man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife, so he shall put away evil from among you. You know, pretty tough on adulterers back then. We should just pass a law like that. What do you guys think? It would probably keep a lot of people married, right? Um, keep us, uh, keep the husbands at home um, and the wives as well. Um, I think it would help. Uh, tough choice for Joseph, but this couple had been uh, chosen by God to bring forth his son. Um, so as we read in verse 19, you guys see there, verse 19, Joseph was a just man and chose not to make a public example of Mary and wanted to put her away secretly. That term, to put her away secretly, uh, meant that he still wanted the, to divorce her. But I think Joseph was led by God to not go to the extreme and, and put her through what the law said to do. Joseph, a just man, which means that he was righteous in his actions, upright and virtuous. Uh, Joseph was an example of showing, what did he show Mary? Showed an amount of grace, right? An amount of grace, um, showing an example of mercy toward his wife. He could have done what the law said and, how, and had all the authority to do so. Um, according to the law. You know, sometimes I think we also can do this or even make uh, mistakes in this way. You know, have that God-given authority as, as a husband or a wife, as a parent or even an overseer or, or, or a church leader here. You know, people sin, people hurt us, and we have the biblical grounds to, to either correct them, uh, to hold them accountable for their actions. And I know God honors that but you know sometimes we have to check our hearts right we have to check our hearts and make sure that's what god wants us to do you know we often forget uh, we often forget i often forget about grace and and showing mercy to others i know i do um we can show people what god has shown god has shown us right god has shown us that grace and that mercy to us but that that light of truth to be that light of truth you know and don't get me wrong, you know, we have to use wisdom in all our decisions, and sometimes the Lord wants us to correct people, and, and God will use us sometimes to, to um, punish people, right? Um, if you're a parent, you know what I mean, uh, to hold our kids, uh, to use that authority as parents, to, to keep them in check. And sometimes that punishment holds them, holds them um, to make the right decisions, and, but kids need to be taught, need to be taught not, not just the correcting part, but the love that God shows them. Um, the grace of God, the mercy of God, and God can show us, show them um, that through us as parents, uh, adults too, right? Who likes grace? Who likes mercy? Me too, me too. You know, I think the other Joseph who, remember in the book of Genesis, who was sold into slavery in the book of Genesis, uh, he was a second, he was second in command in Egypt. You guys know the story, right? Those of you who know the story, when his brothers came to buy, when he was sold, right? His brothers came to buy grain from him because there was no more food from the famine. 
you know, he had the authority. He had the power. Had every right to, to beat his brothers up, right? Um, but he could have had all of them thrown in jail. Could have uh, just reunited with his dad, Jacob. But what did he decide to do? Show them grace, right? Forgive them. Uh, show them grace. Uh, show them mercy. He was used by the Lord in that instance. You know, I believe all of us have opportunities like this. Choose law, choose grace. What will, what will we choose? I'll just be led by the Lord, right? Be led by the Lord in every decision. Uh, but back to the text here, Joseph decides to divorce her quietly, you know, but the Lord changes his plans, right? Like I mentioned in the beginning, God has a plan, and our plans won't prevent his plan. Verse 20, if you look there, it says that, that while, while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord spoke to him in a dream. Who's a dreamer here? Who has, who has dreams like often? I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I have, I'm, I have, I could hardly remember dreams, but rarely do I have them. Um, I think it's so cool when, when the Lord speaks to you in dreams, uh, confirms things in dreams, um, brings you comfort through dreams. Can he? Yes, he can, right? For sure he can. He can show us all those things. Um, and I think that that's awesome when, when you hear uh, that the Lord spoke to someone, you know, through a, through a dream. And it wasn't just because you ate something funny the night before, you know. Uh, it was confirmed. It was, it was direct. It was um, comforting. Um, and this week I, I heard uh, there was a pastor on the radio. I uh, forget his name. Um, but he was, he was giving like a little, little testimony how he gave his life to the Lord. And he said he was young, just a little guy, around five years old. And his older brother, um, I think he might have been like a teenager or so, and his older brother was telling him that, that he, you know, he learned to, to, to share, share with people the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they had to listen. And they had to say yes. So being a little brother, right, he's like, yeah, sure, brother. You know, he accepted Jesus Christ, said the prayer. And, but he said he didn't um, feel anything different, you know. But that night when he went to sleep, he said he was a dreamer too, and and he said he had a dream of, of just having fun with some friends. And he said he was in this big field, um, you know, tall grass, um, blowing wind, you know, real. I was there. I was like, all right, I'm there. And uh, he said there was this this man there too. He didn't have a face, um, but he he felt so much comfort from from that man, um, so much peace, had so much fun with him, and you know, at the end of their 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 time together. He said that the man um, sat next to him. He said he was, he was as bright as the sun. He said, but it didn't hurt to look at him. And what the man said is that, son, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Who was that? It's the Lord, right? But how the Lord, you know, confirms things through, through dreams. And I, I, I was totally jealous about that, how he gave his life to the Lord and, and how the Lord confirmed that and, but the Lord can, and right here he tells Joseph, you know, that, you know, uh, the angel tells Joseph, you know, the first uh, thing to do, the first thing he tells him is, you know, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for what has happened is from the Lord. For that which is conceived is from the Holy Spirit. The Lord changed that, that plan Joseph had, confirming and comforting him, the plans and future of his family, and more importantly, the child. 
you know, verse 21 says that he lets Joseph know that, that first of all, it's a boy, right? It's a boy, tells him his name. What's his name going to be? Jesus. And also, it tells him um, the mission, the mission of the child. Uh, Mary and Joseph uh, didn't have to decide on the name for the boy. That's kind of hard for parents nowadays, right? Choosing the right name for the boy or the girl. The Lord worked out that all that all that out for them. You should call his name Jesus. Uh, Jehovah is salvation, and the Hebrews pronounce Jesus, the Savior of mankind, God, God incarnate. Acts four twelve. You can write down that verse right there. It talks about the name of Jesus. Is nor is there salvation in any other. For no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. By the name of Jesus. You know, there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, just mentioning his name makes people uncomfortable. You guys see that? Mentioning his name, Jesus. They're like, what? It makes, it makes people uh, feel, um, uh, offends people sometimes. Uh, but to bring, it, it, what does it bring you guys? The name of Jesus. It should bring you joy, right? Brings us joy in every way, even during this season. Um, but throughout the year, even when we pray, right? What do we use? We use at the name of our prayers in Jesus' name. You know, it's biblical. Jesus said, you know, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That my Father will be glorified. You know, John fourteen. His name speaks of his mission. Uh, this is all. This is all. All what Christmas is all about. You know, the birth of Jesus Christ, of course. But, but wow, you know. Um, you know, why did he come? What was his mission? Um, to save us, right? To save us from what? From our sins, period. To save us from our sins. You know, just in those nine words there, you know, uh, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, you can be so thankful for that. Uh, first, the fact that, that he will, the guarantee he will save right, is a guarantee to Joseph, and it came true by the will of the Father, and Jesus died on the cross, the action took place, Jesus obeyed the will of the Father, and went to the cross for the whole world, it came true, the work is done, finished, right, amen, the work is finished, and you know, the word save means to, to keep safe, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, um, and there was this lady. Just, just I thought about this today. And there was this lady at. at uh, I went to get our my our Christmas tree today. Finally, went to get our Christmas tree at, at Home Depot, and I, I'm not sure what they were, they were watering the plants. And there was this hose that was just you know almost like a someone to trip somebody. And this lady, this older lady, was walking right in front of me, and she didn't see it, and she was inches from my grass from 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 her falling. But I missed. I missed. But she ended up falling, hurting her knee and her elbow, and I felt so bad um, that I missed her, um, that I didn't save her, you know, from getting hurt. Um, uh, but Jesus didn't miss, right? He He saved us. He caught us. We were falling, um, but He saved us. You know, I think I think of the word "save," and I, and I think of my life, and I think, um, you know, why save me? Why save me? Uh, or why save her? Why save him? Uh, but that doesn't matter. It, it, just, it just shows us, you know, how the love of God is beyond us. It's beyond what we think. Um, our mistakes or our sins. Um, beyond what we have done in the past. I mean, God doesn't look at that. 
Uh, it's that, that, that term we always hear, the unconditional love that he has for us. Um, the love that he showed us through the cross and continues to show us um, that unconditional love uh, every day of our lives. Just looking at, those, at the last words in verse 21, uh, who will he save? Who will he save? His people. His people. Are you his? Are you a Christian? Uh, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? If you're not a Christian, you know, here today, um, Jesus loves you, um, but you're not saved. Uh, uh, it's a choice. God's loving hand is there for you to receive. All you have to do is, is grab hold of it. It's a choice. Uh, receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and follow him. Most important decision you will make, and you will have life eternal with him in heaven. It's a promise. Uh, for those of us who are his, it's still a challenge, right? Living in this world, living today, we need to always stay close to him, be in his word, uh, be praying, looking forward to his return, always having that, um, have that tucked in your heart. You know, he saved me. I'm his. You are his. Uh, it's a promise. Don't let the enemy come in and question your salvation, which he often does. Uh, you are his son. You are his daughter. Don't let him rob you of your joy of, of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't let this world or even this, this holiday season take away what Jesus came and has done for you. You know, if, if, if you're doing anything uh, during this holiday season that takes away your joy, should you be doing it? Probably shouldn't, right? You know, the, the decorating, the, the buying gifts, uh, sending out cards, dressing nice. I guess some of you dress nice tonight. Uh, going to different places to visit people. Or any of those things taking away your joy. Or any of those things a, a, a burden to do during this season. You know, don't make tamales if it's taking away your joy. Those are hard to make, right? They take a lot of work and stuff. But some ladies, they do it with joy. Uh, don't buy gifts if it's not to show the love of Jesus Christ to someone. Uh, we, we are mainly here to remember this time. Uh, what's the reason for this season? It's all about Jesus. You know, reflect on what he did for us and saved us from. And what did he save us from? I'm asking this over and over again. From our from our sins, past, present, and future sins saved us from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, and one day uh, from the presence of sin. First, the penalty, you know, we all deserve what? We all deserve death uh, for the sins we have committed, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, we are saved from the penalty of, of sin. You know, John 1, 7 says, at the end of that verse says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from not just one, not just two, but all, all sin. You know, we are clean. We are white as snow. Uh, we can never stand before God in our own righteousness. We, all have, we all have all fallen short of the glory of God. Do you have the blood of Jesus Christ in your life? Will you stand before God one day? When you stand before God one day, will, you, will he see the blood of the spotless lamb upon your life? Think of that story of the Passover, you know, um, when the Israelites um, were being held in bondage by, by the Egyptians, and 
and how the last plague, how the death of the firstborn, how they would use the blood of the lamb, right? And the house, they would put the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel and how the the um, the angel would come by and what would he do when he would see the blood? He passed over, right? They were saved. And I think that's so awesome. I always tell that story over and over again to the kids in the class just to get that visual, right? To see the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus upon your life. And if you don't have that, you know, you will stand before God on your own righteousness, and, and that will not be great. Um, not only did he save us from the penalty of sin, but also the power of sin. We have the power to fight sin. We are the, the temple of the what? Holy Spirit. Sin has no power over us. Again, we, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit every day to be led by him, not rely on our own strength, our own power. The enemy wants, to, wants us to fight with our flesh because what will happen when we fight with our flesh? We will fall, fall on our face. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, will give us victory over sin. Walking in the Spirit is very important for us. Galatians 5 talks about that. All believers um, be- uh, possess the Holy Spirit, um, but those uh, passages in Galatians 5 tell us about, about how uh, walking in the Spirit every day and, and yielding to His control every day uh, this means choosing to constantly follow the Holy Spirit's prompting in our lives rather than following the flesh. You know, sometimes victory over, over sin comes comes quickly, but uh, for most of us, it takes a little bit, right? You know, giving our lives, uh, denying the flesh. But if we commit to the things he has given us to fight sin, victory will come. It's a promise. Victory will come. And the last, the, the presence of sin, when does that happen? when we are, are uh, free from the presence of sin, when we're in heaven, right? When we're home. When we're home in heaven. Uh, what a day that will be, right? Uh, looking forward to that. Um, when I will no longer be led by my fleshly desires, uh, but will be in the presence of the Lord where, where darkness will have no place. Uh, no pain, no worries, no, no world stuff. All, all this, I don't know, um, and, but just with the Lord, you know, can't wait for that day. We really have to remember this truth every single day of our lives. You know, he came to save us from our sins. You know, not, not from what sometimes people think, you know, a, a, a financial situation you might be struggling in. Or not from, not from your health struggles uh, as a human being. Not from the troubles that this world brings. I, I know uh, Henry mentioned last week, and it was just stirring in my, my mind and my heart, um, you know how that one newspaper, you know, printed in the front page. You know, God's not fixing this. Uh, I know it was kind of like a political thing, politically motivated, but I, but I couldn't forget about it. You know, Jesus didn't come to fix the things that we see every day on the news. Uh, he came to fix the things which happen every day in our hearts, which is sin. You know, don't be focused on the things of this world. You know, be diligent. In a sense, be ready for challenges that the world brings. But know, know the outcome. Know the outcome. You will be in heaven one day. Jesus came to die for your sins. Salvation is the key. Keep that close to your heart. Represent him every day by reflecting his name and reflecting his love to a dying world. Um, that's very hard to do, right? But that's what we're here for. That's why we spend time in his word. That's why we pray. That's why we, we uh, uh, um Come here with an open heart to hear from him because God wants to use us to touch other people's lives. And, and when we do that, he will be glorified. And I don't know, just, just being, being uh, his son, 
being, being considered his son and knowing what he's done for me is enough, is enough for me. Um, okay, let's read verses 22 through 25. You guys all there? Uh, verses 22 through 25. It says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, uh, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. You know, verse, uh, these, these verses here give us a prophecy in Isaiah um, 7.14 where it says right there in verse 23. You know, um, I think it was over 700 years before the coming of Christ. I remember learning that there are over 300 prophecies that were fulfilled with the birth of Christ. I think uh, next week Mark's going to share all those prophecies. No, just kidding. Is he here today? No. Um, but that, that's crazy, right? The birth of Jesus Christ, how it fulfilled all, uh, you know, all those prophecies in the Bible. You know, only God could work that out. Only God could work that out. And the, the word of God given to men, uh, like it says in verse 22, it was spoken by the Lord. And see that there, verse 22? It was spoken by the Lord uh, through the prophet, through the prophet. The word of God is powerful, cannot be denied if you receive it with an open heart. Uh, and I had this conversation, me and my friend at work had this conversation with a guy, and, and he just came up and sparked the conversation. We made it quick because, you know, we were working, but he, he did not believe in God at all, at all, and believed the whole, you know, Big Bang Theory and, and stuff like that, and just trying to have a conversation with him and how that's that's just impossible. And Christmas being coming, and he celebrated Christmas for some reason, I don't know why. But, you know, just trying to share with him, you know, how can you deny that? How can you deny that? But then you believe that, you know, from nothing came all of this. And But we're kind of not mocking him, but kind of making fun of his whole thing, right? He wanted us to weld something. Or like, we're going to blow this up, and surely a human being can come from this, right? because we're at an advantage here, but it was just how we saw that his heart was closed. He was not ready to receive uh, the word of God. Um, but it's so powerful when we, when we let, let it speak to us, when we come, come with it. And, and Hebrews 4.12 talks about the word of God and says, For the word of God is, is what? Living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. That's such a cool verse right there to, to always hold on to. And the word of God is, is alive. It's alive and will speak, uh, speak and do many miracles in people's life. Um, the word right there, Emmanuel, God with us. God came down to us that we might be with him eternally. You know, God always initiates a situation. He always, he's always the initiator. You know, don't, don't, didn't wait for us in any way. You know, but he sent down his son uh, down to us. Emmanuel, God with us. I'm so thankful. Are you guys so thankful for that? You know, verse 24, Joseph was aroused from his sleep. Did he, did he obey what the angel of the Lord told him to do? Yes, he did, right? Yes, he did. He was like, you know, honey, forget about the, the whole divorce thing. Um, God is going to do something great through the baby in your room. And what was Mary like? She's like, I already know, you know, us husbands always step behind, right? Uh, it was, 
it says that he was aroused, uh, he was stirred up. Um, metaphorically speaking, it says that he, that it rendered action, that he was aroused, but it made him do something. Uh, meaning that he he didn't just wake up, you know, but woke up and and did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. Uh, the command of the angel of the Lord was followed by the obedience of Joseph. Joseph is such a good example of, of obedience, uh, of just being in tune with the direction of the Lord and what the Lord commanded him to do. You know, I'll admit, um, sometimes I'll hear something that the Lord wants me to do, and I'll be like, mm, you know, not right now, Lord. Um, and then what happens? I just forget about it. Um, to my shame, to my shame. Um, but but I'm losing out, right? And when, when you guys do that, when you guys hear the Lord, the Holy Spirit speak to you and you do not listen, you lose out, right? We lose out on what he wants to do in our lives personally, but also how he wants to use us in other people's lives when we don't obey. Um, you know, we need, to, we need to heed the example of Joseph being sensitive to his calling and his plan to, to elevate the name of Jesus Christ. You know, verse 25 again says that he didn't know her till after the birth of Jesus, meaning that they had that she had other children, according to here, and also the gospel accounts in Matthew twelve forty six, Luke eight nineteen, and three thirty one, and, and Mark. Um, you know that they had other children, and finally at the end of the verse, in verse twenty five, it says that they called him what, Jesus, right? The way, the truth, and the life. Amen to that. You know, I was going to go through chapter two. Uh, but decided not to. I don't think the Lord wanted me to do that after all. Um, but like I said at the beginning, uh, the Lord had a plan, and and nothing was going to get in the way. Uh, not human limitations, not the law of the land. And, and maybe if, if you guys like, you know, you guys can read that tonight as you go home, or maybe tomorrow, you know, read chapter 2. Um, you know, the, the king's desire uh, for power will not get in the way. The king Herod in, verse, in, verse, uh, in chapter 2 you know, the schemes that he had, they were just put away on the shelf. You know, he speaks to the wise men and leads them, continues to lead Joseph and his new family, protects this little helpless baby, Jesus, continues to fulfill his word uh, and does a mighty work. You know, looking just at this section here, you know, God is so good. God is so good and God is mighty. You know, a couple, a couple of weeks till Christmas, right? A couple more weeks till Christmas. My kids have a countdown going going on, and they're arguing about it. I'm like, it's coming, don't worry. Um, but just looking at this section here, you know, um, don't don't get caught up in the hustle and bustle of Christmas. I know we'll say that a lot of this season. Um, focus on the truth. Focus on the truth of why Jesus came. Um, like Henry shared last year, what was it? The, um, Truth in advertising, right? How there is truth in his word and how we cannot get um, overwhelmed or distracted um, or lose our joy during this season. Don't let the world do that. Um, Don't let your flesh do that. Um, Don't let anybody do that. Um, But looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Colossians 2.14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross.
you know, so so many things we could talk about tonight, and just uh, how the work of God is um, is amazing, and and how He moves people's hearts, and how He moves certain people around, and and He continues to do that today to save us from our sins and save people um, who don't know Him, and and as you go to and fro, you know, um, say Merry Christmas, and say Happy Holidays. Um, represent him even while you're shopping uh, even while you're making tamales you know don't don't get upset at the lady next to you or the guy next to you um, but always always know that what the reason the season is and be thankful for that and don't let the joy um, ever leave you ever leave you because he um, he deserves he's worthy of our praise amen We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.